Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, Priviet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have a great show for today with a fascinating guest, professional harpist Zita Silva joins the show. Zita is a Portuguese musician who attended the World Academy of Music in London. Currently, Zita is a freelance musician and has played at many incredible international concert halls and events around the world. Zita's performances are unforgettable and she definitely manipulates the strings on the harp in a beautifully elegant manner. On today's episode, Zita chats about why she initially chose the harp. Zita also reminisces about her time at the Royal Academy of Music. And finally, she reflects on the last year and the way she evolved personally and musically. This was such a great conversation with Zita. Her skills as a harpist are unmatched. And I make it a point to listen to one of her performances every day. They put me at peace and they are great ways to begin or end one's day. In fact, we are going to end today's episode with a solo performance from Zita. Stick around for that. Thrilled for everyone to meet her. So let's go ahead and bring on Portuguese harpist Zita Silva and let's learn. What were your earliest musical experiences? And do you remember when you first tried out the harp? Um, yes, I do. Um, so, well, my earliest musical experiences. Well, I have a very musical family, um, even though none of them are professional musicians. So, uh, but, you know, I, I remember uh, as having like, um, getting together for Christmas or for birthdays and stuff like that. And, you know, my, my mom and my uncles would be like playing the guitar and everybody's like singing. Um, so, you know, I grew up in that environment of like always having music around. Um, and, you know, my grandfather is, you know, he really likes to play the, the, um, the Portuguese guitar, which is slightly different to the classical guitar we are used to. Um, and, you know, he has a passion for that. Um, you know, my uncle also plays a little bit like the keyboard as well as the guitar. And, um, and my mom actually had this, um, organ or like keyboard, you know, uh, where you can, um, which has like two keyboards. Okay. So it's, it's very similar to, to an organ instead of you know, just one keyboard. Um, so it's like an electrical organ. <laughs> and I actually have a picture. Um, I was three years old and I'm sitting at the keyboard, just like trying out <laughs> to yeah. play some keys. Um, and actually the first toy I ever asked my parents was um, a drum. So, you know, I think that music was, was always very much in my blood. Yeah. I'd say, um, even though no one was a professional musician. Um, and yes, so and singing and stuff like that was always a part of my, um, of my upbringing. Um, and then, so my first experience with the harp, actually the harp was not the first instrument I played or I had lessons on. I started the piano when I was six. Um, and but the harp was the first instrument I chose. So I was at a at a music academy in my city where you know we we played the recorder and 
we, you know, we learned a little bit about music and rhythm. And at the end of the first year, the um, the teacher asked each one of us, we, "What instrument did we want to play?" And I just said, "I wanted to play the harp." I I have never seen a harp live in my mm. life, um, and I just said, "You know, I want to play the harp." So my mom was like, "Well, okay, if she wants to play the harp, let's you know, <laughs> let's have her play the harp." Um, but they didn't teach the harp at that school even. So you know, there wasn't <laughs> a harp teacher there there wasn't a harp at school um so my mom made inquiries where i could go and and learn the harp and it would have to be in porto yeah. which is about half, a, half an hour traveling um at the conservatoire of music in porto um but at that time they wouldn't accept students that were younger than 8 so i was too i was too young so then we said, okay, let's learn the piano for now. <laughs> and then, you know, when you're old enough, we'll, we'll try for the harp. So that's what we did. Um, and I think I, I tried the harp on my audition for the conservatoire. Um, and, you know, it, I mean, it was just like, oh, wow, I'm finally seeing a harp live here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have like a very good image of what that moment was like. But I remember like being there and having this audition and seeing this harp. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think at the moment it was, it was nothing that I was like super nervous for or anything. It was just, you know, I think maybe my, my parents also, didn't want to create that expectation because it was an audition that I had to do to enter. So I guess it was kind of like, oh, we'll just go there and, you know, they will ask you some questions and stuff. <laughs> so I wasn't very much like, oh my God, this is yeah. a big moment or anything like that. You know, it was a normal day. I just went and tried to get into a school. <laughs> yes. Outside of your family, who were the other musical inspirations that you had? Were there certain artists that you liked or even songs that you remember that were a big part of your musical upbringing? Um, as I grew up, then, you know, at the conservatory, there were, um, there were two harpists that were older than me. There wasn't a lot of people playing the harp at that time. Um, but there were two people that were on high grades that, you know, they were very good. And obviously, those were like my first uh, ins inspirations. Um, and yes, but then, you know, as I, as I grew up a little more, I started um, listening to other people. So, for example, when I was 10, um, I went to a competition in Spain. And, you know, it was like... An international, I, I can't remember if it was international or just between Portugal and Spain, um, which is international anyway. Mm -hmm. But um, so I went to this competition, and usually at these competitions, they have, you know, people compete with, between like each grade, so like grade one, there's a competition, grade two, and, and so on. And then there is this harp recital of, um, of you know, a, a professional harpist or someone that is um, 
like starting their career um, and that one I remember very much and that was a person that was always a little bit of an idol, idol for me um, because you know it was at the age of 10 I, I remember things from then and it was like the first person that I saw actually playing a full recital and um, you know playing very well live um so and and that is a harpist called uh Gwyneth Wenting so that one I remember very well and you know as I as I grew up then those two people that first were were at the conservatory that were at the higher grades mm -hmm. then they left and I was more or less at the highest grade of everybody for a while because there weren't people that were at higher grades than me um so in that sense of within the school i was there wasn't a lot of a lot of things for me to look to look at mm -hmm. and be like oh i want to play like them yeah it was more like a few occasions where i had the opportunity to see a recital or you know, then, then after that recital and um, at that competition, I I bought the CD of this harpist and I started listening <laughs> to her a lot. Um, and and also we had a few um, opportunities of master classes. Okay. And then you know I started following these people and started like trying to have a a bigger idea of what other harpists were there. But I feel like. You know, for example, nowadays, um, every kid has access to the internet and they can go and research everybody. Yeah. Um, and there's so much information there that is available right away, right? If I want to research like harpists and this mm -hmm. piece and who is playing it, it's so easy, you know, yeah. like <laughs> one search on the internet and I've got all this information. Um, but when i grew up i didn't really you know i didn't have a laptop until i was yeah 15. <laughs> do you know what i mean so um it wasn't so uh, that information wasn't available so much yeah. so for me to have an idea of who was out there doing mm -hmm. stuff it was um it wasn't that easy yeah and i feel like you know, you don't have a harpist coming to, or a solo harpist coming to do a concert in Portugal every other day either. So um, I guess I only started really seeing more of what was out there when I was at the age of maybe like 16, 17. Yeah. And then I kind of like discovered this whole world um, of, you know a lot of harpists that did influence me yeah. and who i then went to study with as well um and and through there i kind of uh, made my path on to coming to the uk and studying with um skylar kanga and with karen vaughn at the royal academy of music which were big influences for me um and then from then i also you know got to know and got to have master classes with yeah. a lot of harpists and and then it was like um an overload of hmm. information um so 
that changed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. What? Um, how I played and what kind of um, aspirations I had. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was more, you know, a le- at a later stage. Yeah. Not so much on the early years. And, and that's definitely a huge disadvantage that you had growing up. And I, but I'm also curious as far as just the accessibility of having a harp, because much like you didn't have other people you could look up to, or you didn't have the videos and you didn't see all that. But it's also just extremely much more challenging to practice with a harp, to take it anywhere, to move it around locations. Fewer people have them as compared to other instruments like a guitar or some type of keyboard. Those are much more frequently available. Much more people can teach you and you can transport them much easier than a harp so how did that aspect play a role because i know you need you need so many hours practicing and you and there were probably times where you weren't able to yes um well that's a good point i i consider myself quite lucky uh because so on the two i started learning the harp when i was eight um oh and of course just just so that it doesn't get forgotten of course you know my teacher on the conservatory was a huge influence of course you know that goes without saying you remember your um, teacher's name uh my teacher was is called Auri Gerner okay. um so that was my first teacher for 10 years okay and then that kind of like uh i mean she was my guidance yeah. onto then onto the, the bigger world of the harp let's say um but so yes talking about harps so I consider myself quite lucky because um, as there wasn't a lot of harpists, a lot of harp students at the conservatory, I got to um, borrow their harp quite a lot. Um, so on the first two years, um, you know, a harp is a, an expensive instrument. So um, <laughs> I, I think it's not something that a lot of parents will go and buy right away yeah. when they're when their kid starts learning um because i mean it, it is it is a, an expensive instrument and i did start on a celtic harp which is a smaller harp which is where most people start on and then we progress on to the pedal harp which is um the bigger one um but i didn't stay on the celtic harp for a long time i i changed to the pedal harp quite soon and on those two um so it was about two years that i had uh, that i was studying on the celtic harp um and i could borrow the harp from the school um so it was like one week the harp was with me one week the harp wasn't with me so you know yes i did have like a few weeks where I couldn't really practice. I remember my teacher used to say, "Like you just read the notes and you're <laughs> going to remember them." <laughs> um, <laughs> practice in your head. <laughs> um, and, you know, I would be like, "Yes, cheesy." <laughs> yeah. um, but why I consider myself quite lucky as well is because my parents did get me a pedal harp when I was ten. Mm which is quite young anyway, you know, just two years into um, learning the harp and, and they got me a pedal harp. And that was, that is very lucky um, because, I mean, I see my, um, my students now and sometimes, you know, their parents don't get them a harp until 
quite a few years into into playing yeah and and it is a big decision a lot of children i see they stay on the celtic heart for a little longer because investing on a pedal harp it's such a huge investment yeah so that was you know i i feel like i wasn't left behind because because of not being there um a lot of harps around yeah and you know i do have to thank my parents a lot for that because they were amazing <laughs> you studied at the royal academy of music when you think back to those first years what are the memories that stand out there are a lot of memories mm-hmm. i studied at the royal academy of music for my bachelor degree and also for my master's degree so that was 6 years there um and as you can imagine during 6 years you i mean you go through so many things yeah. um and you grow up a lot as well um but i think memories that really stand out are my final exams uh, which which are a final which are a full yeah. recital so you do a full recital for a bachelor degree then you do a full recital for a master's degree and i really remember those because you know they are like the peak of um or or what you're working for for all those years um so those are those are strong memories for me and but also um my graduation ceremonies and i remember because you know they invite some um famous people in in the music world and i remember for my uh, bachelor degree um graduation ceremony they invited quincy jones Mm-hmm. um which you know it's like <laughs> yeah. quite awesome <laughs> um but also uh like for example um a bit on on that kind of um i i remember so i i used to i used to work at the royal academy as as a steward for concerts because mm-hmm. uh, they offer a, a bit of work to students that want to make a little bit of money and I met Elton John at one oh. of those concerts as well, which was pretty mm-hmm. awesome. And you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember that oh, yeah. <laughs> for all my life. Um, that that was pretty awesome. I, I remember I was the steward of the door for the event, um, which is when they so they had like a huge fundraising for um, to get an a, a, an organ into the the big hall of the Royal Academy, and and Elton John like did a lot of concerts to help towards that, and then we had like an event on the um, for you know to to introduce the the organ, <laughs> and he came, um, and I was at the door, and I remember him coming, and I was just like next to him, and I was like, what? <laughs> this is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um. So that kind of moment is quite cool. Um as well as obviously all these master classes with these famous harpists that I wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet or play for if I wasn't there. Um, and, you know, the, the, I mean, so many concerts that we do that are really, really special with amazing conductors. Um, my last concert, uh, while I was at Academy, was uh, with conductor Semyon Bishkov 
and we played the second symphony of Mahler and it was at the Royal Festival Hall and this is like one of the symphonies that uses just a massive orchestra we had four harps on 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 the orchestra I don't know if you're very familiar with that but we usually have one or two yeah four is and yeah. four yeah which is great and it it also has a full choir so all the singers from academy were there and it was just powerful yeah. you know when when the choir comes in it was oh such an amazing feeling and and it was like my last concert as well with the with the orchestra of the of academy and that's going to be you know it's in my memory i i mean you 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 can see how i'm feel, how i'm yeah. talking about it yeah it was very special and you know i mean you also have this community of friends mm -hmm. and i think in special the the harp family at academy was was very much together mm -hmm. you know we we really were kind of a family and obviously you see people come and go you know because we are in different years but i really hold like very special memories from you know from sharing so many moments with this harpist and we we weren't really you know it wasn't a competition between each other it was more of like we are all supporting each other and we're going through this together because you know it is tough yeah it's not just playing an instrument and <laughs> having a good life yeah. it, it is tough and and we and we have to work a lot for you know a lot of goals a lot of concerts a lot of exams um and we support each other yeah and that that's one thing that I'm always going to really feel very grateful for to having been at a place that made me grow up so much, but also, you know, be in contact with all these people that became my friends. And now I have friends all over the world, you know, yeah. from, um, from California to Singapore. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... <laughs> So, I mean, I could be talking about this forever. I know you could. There's so many things. <laughs> how about for a performance? How do you get yourself in the right frame of mind? And does the fact that you're playing an instrument that is traditionally known as being peaceful and elegant, does that play a role into it as well? That kind of is two different questions, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, firstly, how do I, so how do I put myself, how do I prepare myself um, mm -hmm. mentally for a performance? Yeah. Um, well, I think, you know, when you're performing, um, a lot of things can happen that you're not expecting mm -hmm. and you just have to, to go with it. And, and I feel like one of the things that sometimes set some people back is that, um, you know, sometimes we get very upset about one little mistake and and that's going to affect the whole thing that's going to affect how you're feeling so i feel like one good thing that we can do and and really um accept that it's accept that um a live performance is 
you know, it is a live performance and, and, and we are humans and mm -hmm. things don't, don't go perfectly all the time. So I feel like it's about embracing that, that experience that, you know, every time you play, it's going to be different and you just have to go with it and enjoy it all the time. So I kind of try to have that feeling that, you know, I'm just going to enjoy the music and do my best. And that is kind of like the place where I like to put myself in. But before that, there has to have been, you know, a lot of practice. Yeah. And I know that I'm going to, I know on, on, on the day of a performance that I would have put a lot of work and that I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So I need to be um, sure of what I'm doing. You know, I, I can't go onto a performance feeling like I haven't practiced enough or, you know, I'm a little doubtful. No. And when I go to a performance, I like to be a hundred percent, you know, assertive and yeah. positive that, um, that I know what I'm doing so that I can then, you know, be focused, but also let go a little bit and enjoy what I'm doing instead of being worried. Um, and I think that's, you know, I mean, <laughs> that's one thing that, um, maybe in a world, like in the world out of, um, what a world of a musician is, maybe people don't, don't really think so much about it. Mm. But I think as a classical musician, that's one thing that can affect us a lot. <clears throat> it's like that little bit of nervousism uh, before a performance. Yeah. See how it goes. So, you know, I just, I like to have put in the work and then just let go. <laughs> yeah. And, and really enjoy it. So that's, a bit of how I, um, you know, prepare myself mentally yeah. for a performance. Um, but, you know, of course, also, I think there's a feeling of like, you need to have space to be able to give your all and, and really open up yourself to any possibility of what yeah. might happen as well. Right. So when you're, um, when you're, you know, letting go of, um, of maybe, you know, thinking about the notes mm -hmm. and really just enjoying the music. I feel like you open up yourself to, um, you know, a few things going more, <laughs> um, more this way or another that yeah. maybe, you, maybe you don't want to exactly. Does that yeah. make sense? It does. It does. And it, 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 like you said, it starts by having that confidence as well because of the hours that you put in. Hmm. Now, the harp has taken you all across the world to many cities and to many amazing concert halls. So as you look back on your career thus far, which are the locations and the performances that stand out? My career hasn't been that long. <laughs> so I feel like I'm still a bit um, new and... Mm -hmm. You know, I'm still a bit of a baby <laughs> in the music world and I need um, and I hope there's 
much more to do. But, um, well, I think, you know, um, performances that really have stood out for me um, were the performances uh, on of when I um, competed on the Young Musicians Awards in Portugal. Um, so I did, I did that in chamber music in the year 2015, I think, or 14. I'm sorry, I can't remember exactly. Um, and then I, I did it again in 2018 in the harp category, harp solo category. Um, and I won both times. So then when you, when you win in your, in your category, you get to go to, uh, to the festival. Uh, of the Young Musicians Awards, where you play at this huge concert hall uh, in Lisbon, um, in the Gulbenkian Foundation. And those were, and, and you get to play, obviously in chamber music, you don't play with a Gulbenkian orchestra because you're doing chamber music. But then um, as, a, as a solo harpist, I got to play with the orchestra and do a concerto and be the soloist. So that those were very i mean both were very special uh, performances for me um because i mean it's kind of like the height of you know in portugal like uh, it's a i mean it's a very big competition yeah. um it passes on tv and you know you know that the whole country is watching you or you know who has interest in classical music is watching you um but those were uh, very big performances and i really really enjoyed them as well um it i mean it was it, it, they were great moments um i mean to be able to play um a concert with an orchestra um i think it feels pretty great um and i also played pieces that i absolutely love so those are really nice moments yeah. um i also did um i also played also in my country um i had my debut debut solo recital at casa de musica in porto which is um, a very big concert hall i was 17 at the time and that was a big moment for me as well. So I remember that one very, very well. And I remember how nervous I was for that one. Uh, but that was, that was a great one. And, you know, um, more, you know, out of Portugal. Um, I, I remember um, a really great performance that I did um, with as part of an orchestra, as part of the uh, Royal Northern Symphony Orchestra for the Edinburgh Festival. So we play the Valkyrie, uh, which is, I'm sure you know that, yeah. that is, um, which, which was like pretty cool because it has six harps mm -hmm. and it has like this solo, which is, um, which is crazy to play. It's like <laughs> uh, very hard to play, especially with six hearts at the same time. And I mean, that was a big moment as well because the it was on Ursher Hall in Edinburgh and the hall was completely uh, full. We had this massive standing ovation at the end. 
so that was really cool. Um, other performances that stood out a little bit were, um, so I was in this scheme um, with the London Sinfonietta, which is called London Sinfonietta Academy. So you you are a week with uh, the London Sinfonietta, and and we play. Um, so the London Sinfonietta is a is an ensemble that um, performs contemporary music at the um, at South Bank Centre. Mm. They usually perform in the Purcell room, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that was a really good performance as well because it was the first time that i was playing with a, you know with a professional orchestra mm-hmm. um, or a professional ensemble but playing contemporary music so i had i had played contemporary music before obviously but it was more um in like chamber music or as a soloist and it was the first time that I was playing in a full ensemble um, for, you know, a, quite a big concert. And that was, I mean, it, and we played a lot of um, very hard pieces, which I, you know, I wouldn't imagine I would be playing that kind of music on an ensemble. So that was very cool as well. Okay. And. And I think, you know, as I talked about already, that last concert um, at Academy, which was at, at the Real Festival Hall, that was very cool as well. Um, and yes, I mean, uh, those are the like the big performances that I remember that stood out. But also, I must mention that I did go to do um, an audition in in LA and I got to briefly <laughs> play at uh at um walt disney concert hall mm. and that was just like mind-blowing for me yeah. i was like what <laughs> i can't re- i can't believe i'm in this huge hall um and the acoustics were amazing as well um because i guess like you don't you don't have the opportunity to play solo um in big concert halls like that. So even though it wasn't a performance, it was an audition, it still felt pretty amazing. Yeah. So that was cool as well. (laughs) So very difficult year for musicians and especially not being able to perform. That being said, what do you think is the biggest lesson you've learned from the last year? Yes, that's, um, you know, it was was a a difficult year for a lot of people. For me, it felt like, I actually needed to take a little break and like mm-hmm. slow down a little in my life. And I've talked with a lot of um, musician friends and I feel like everybody has kind of this feeling that, you know, maybe we were a little too busy and, you know, I'm, I'm a freelance musician in London and life as a freelance musician is pretty much on the go, (laughs) like seven days a week. Um, And, you know, I wasn't taking any breaks. Um, I was just like, okay, next gig, next gig, next gig. And I feel like that isn't isn't always healthy. And it was good to have to slow down a little to Mm -hmm. kind of 
rebalance a little bit and and kind of understand why is it that I'm playing certain things you know because sometimes you you play something because you have to mm, okay. and I feel like you forget to enjoy it yeah. a little I, I was feeling like that and and so I feel like this this year really made me like take a step back and and understand why is it that I want to play this or that? Yeah. Why am I choosing to spend my time on certain things? And that really made a difference for me to, well, first, I feel like I'm loving playing the harp even more. Okay. Because up to now, you know, I'm, I'm a person that really works well with deadlines and works well with, you know, I've got this concert, so I've got to play for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was kind of good to be like, okay, what, what do I actually want to do now that I don't have to do anything? Um, so even though, obviously, I miss performing live for an audience in front of me, um, because obviously, you know, when you're, and, and you know, I, me as a lot of musicians did, we started um, working more towards, um, towards social media, towards making recordings. And I feel like it is very, very different that you're doing something and you don't get an immediate reaction. Mm, okay. Because when you're in, on a performance, you know, you finish playing and there's the applause and, and you see the reaction of, of the public. And when you're doing a recording or you're filming a video to put on social media, you know, there, it isn't there. True. <laughs> you're, you're playing for yourself. And so you need to worry a little bit more about what do you like? You know what I mean? And not so much like what you're doing for for the person that's there listening to you yeah um so that made me think about music and about what i do in a different way and i think that was quite healthy for me to have the time to do that mental work <laughs> if you if you like um so i did actually you know enjoy a little bit having this time even though obviously we are in an awful situation and you know this is not <laughs> enjoyable yeah. but um but it did give me the time that i needed and didn't know i needed to look a little more into you know what what is it that i'm doing yeah. why am i doing this do i enjoy doing it exactly. <laughs> um so in the grand scheme of things, I feel like it was it was something good for me. Um, and now I'm I'm looking forward <laughs> to being on stage again. Yeah. Um, obviously, but but it was it was you know it was good to take a little bit of time. And I wouldn't have taken any time sure. if um, if this had, hadn't happened because you know you you don't it's it's hard to 
being a freelancer and, and saying no to yeah. a job. Good point. Because you need to take time. Like, you know, you wouldn't mm -hmm. do that, right? <laughs> so how can people follow along with your journey, your musical journey? How can people follow your career? Um, well, I'm on social media mm -hmm. on um, Zita Silva Harp. And also I have another page that's more dedicated to just, um, you know, some uh, events um, and weddings and stuff like that, which is called Events Harpista. So there it's more towards that kind of um, thing that I do. But um, I think if you want to follow what I'm doing, you know, with recordings and um, trying to focus a little more on my solo career um i think go on to zita silva harp um and also on facebook um i don't use twitter very much but you know <laughs> you can also follow me there there will be some news coming up um yes perfect this was great this is a lot of fun i learned a lot oh thank you so much thanks for asking me um i did listen to some episodes oh, of your you. podcast thank as you, well thank you. Um, and it, I mean, it's quite cool that, you know, there's such a variety and you can learn a little bit from each person. That's, so, that's the goal. Yeah. That's so, great. Perfect. <laughs> well, just thank you so much. I, I hope we chat again, but thank you for today. You're very welcome. Thank you. Okay. Bye, Zia. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Zita. Be sure to give her a follow on Instagram to check out all of her amazing performances and stick around to the end of the episode to hear some of Zita's work. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento.